All right, happy Sunday. Welcome back to the third episode of the Keys Podcast. It seems like just yesterday that we were recording the very first episode in this exact same spot. Today is a very exciting day. We get to introduce all of you to our Metaverse partner, Navjeet China. And for a little bit of background, as many of the people who were involved in Keys from day one know, we have a pretty impressive lineup of private sale investors. And Nav was fortunate enough to be one of those private sale investors. We're very happy that he, he made the decision to come on from launch. And honestly, this metaverse development and partnership has been in development since before we really even launched Keys. So this is a really great first step for our internal team to really start unleashing the power of our private sale community and show our, show our community in Keys what we have in store. So, without further ado, I think it's best that we let Nav get to business and we let him introduce himself as well as give some background on his portfolio and his company. So, would you would you love to hop in here, Nav? Of course. Thanks, Noah. Hi, everyone. Uh, very nice to uh, see the community and uh, joining us this Sunday for the third podcast. Uh, very excited to be a part of the Keys Project. Um, as Noah mentioned, um, I was a private sale investor and I, I really saw the vision of this project from day one and was eager to get started. Um, before even the discussions about the metaverse, I saw the vision and the roadmap that the, the Keys team had for the ecosystem, had for the future of real estate, and w what else was to come. And that got me extremely, extremely excited, which um, you know led me to being uh, one of the first investors in the project. Um, from there, we got to start having some more discussions about what the future of the Keys ecosystem was going to look like and what the Keys metaverse would look like. And um, it, it just got me super excited to bring in some of the, the previous work that we've done for some of the major, uh, major companies in the world and just already leveraging what we do um, with forward-thinking technology, uh, technologies such as 5G and edge compute for some of the biggest brands in the world and being able to bring some of that technology to the Keys metaverse. Perfect, perfect. And one of the things that I think Nima knows more than anybody else with his real estate background, um, kind of given how you guys met, I think it's really important that our community knows what your background in, in actual physical land development is, as well as what your career path has looked like from that point on. Like, how did you get involved in VR, AR, XR from your beginnings as a, as a real estate developer? Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Vancouver, and my family has a land development company. And so myself, uh, personally, I've managed over 50 homes and a few smart, small apartment, uh, uh, apartment uh, projects. And throughout that, I really learned all of the ups and downs of real estate. I really learned what it's like to take the vision of building a, a custom home from uh, acquiring a piece of land and all the way to executing and having a piece of land that someone could live on. Um, I did this for a good portion of my life, seven, eight years. Um, like we said, just over 50 projects. And near the end of it, around 2015, we started uh, really digging into visualization of what projects should look like. We were able to provide 3D renderings and visualizations to customers of what their home was gonna look like a year down the road. And, and we saw a lot of success in this area, just being able to show the future to our clients before the future was even there. 
And this got me extremely interested in the digital space, the 3D space, and I ended up from there um, leaving the, our, our land development company, our family land development company, and moving out to Los Angeles to, uh, to pursue a career in augmented and virtual reality. Very, very cool. And from my understanding and what we've talked about, there's been, I think you're downplaying the, the level of clients that you've worked with since you moved out to LA and everything that's come after it. So maybe let's go into a little bit more depth about some of your client portfolio that you've worked with both at Genius Ventures and, and personally. Yeah, of course. So um, after I moved out to Los Angeles, I was able to partner uh, with some software developers from some of the major telcos and um, some, uh, some of the largest tech companies in the world, such as, such as Microsoft and Meta. And I was also able to partner with some of the top artists and game developers in the world, coming from companies like Ubisoft and Lucasfilm and Pixar and DreamWorks. And uh, with this team, we were able to start a service-based augmented and virtual reality uh, business. And what we do at that business is we develop business solutions for some of the largest brands in the world. And what I mean by business solutions is we're creating augmented and virtual reality solutions that tie to either long-term goals or short-term goals or business objectives of those specific companies. Um, our current repertoire of companies, um, we've worked with dozens of Fortune 500 companies and brands on these specific business solutions. Amazing, amazing. All right, I think that's a pretty, pretty solid intro on Nav's background. Um, one of the most important aspects of our relationship with Nav is actually Nima, and he hasn't had a chance to, to give a background on, on how the two of them know each other and why, why this, this partnership has developed the way it has. So why don't we get into that? Yeah, I think Nav will probably take majority of this topic, but f it's it's amazing when something you've been spending time on for about four or five years ends up going full circle. And this project's really brought us together in a way that we didn't really see coming. I mean, we we started chatting about, I think it was around four, three or four years ago about just augmented reality. And I remember I came over and on your phone, you were showing me the car come to life inside the apartment and then we started chatting and I started having these ideas of bringing the key to life and little did we know at the time that it was going to be so much bigger than what we were doing at the time I remember we brought the house's key to life we brought the logo to life and um brought a filter which I'll let you explain the details of but I think one after the next project really led to us bringing something really really big together and Although this project is about eight weeks old at the moment, I think it has been a long time in the making. And thanks to you, our Metaverse project is something we've, I mean, it's already exceeding expectations from our end in terms of our capability to build something that really competes at the top, top level. So yeah, I'll let, I'll let you do the talking about how everything got connected. Awesome, awesome. And, and I, I'm glad you, uh, you bring up the car because once again, um, you know, when I met Nima, he was one of the first people that really understood what the utility of some of these for, for, forward-thinking technologies were. Uh, we'll go into a few of the projects that we've developed um, near the, later on in the podcast and what the business value were, was because it's so important to talk about technology and how it ties to business goals. But the way I met Nima was, yeah, through mutual friends a few years ago, I was, uh, I was told about this guy that's made an insane network on Instagram in the real estate community. 
Um, I, I had a chance to look at the the house's uh, Instagram page and their network at that time, and I was very impressed um, with, with what they were doing, um, the amount of attention that they were getting. And um, so I, I went and sat down with Nima, and one of the first things that we really started talking about was creating end-to-end transactional journeys through the ecosystem that Nima had built on Instagram and tying tying communities together with his platform and from there we've we've always had continuous conversations about what does the future of real estate look like what does the future of 3d look like what does an end-to-end transactional journey online look like and keep in mind this was three years ago you know the 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 crypto and blockchain space wasn't as big um you know uh, these were all just high-level ideas, but myself and Nima re- kept in touch over the years. And you know, uh, fast forward a little bit, fast forward 18 months, two years, and talking to Nima earlier this year, he started telling me he's now done 40 million dollars in transactions through his Instagram page, which all of a sudden this creates um, this creates something very important to talk about. Having a network on Instagram, having major celebrities, having notable people that are following the page, that are reaching out, asking to purchase properties, asking to be introduced to the people selling these properties, all within the medium of Instagram and with the community that Nima has built on Instagram. To me, that's interesting. And so at the beginning of this year, we really started sparking deeper conversations about what the future of real estate looked like. You know, we're, we're just touching high level over the past few years, but when it, when it gets super interesting is when people are actually buying things, when they're doing transactions. And so we decided to take a, a foray into what augmented reality could look like for the houses brand. And uh, this is a great project. Myself and Nima got to sit down. We got to talk about the community. We got to talk about what the things were that were most important to the community. You know, a luxury lifestyle, keeping people motivated, keeping people interested, giving people a taste of that life that they, that they craved and being able to bring it through them through the, the platform of Instagram. And what we did was we created a key, the houses key, to be able to, brought, to, to bring to life and bring, have people bring that houses key into their space and talk about what their key to success was, which thinking about it now, you know, leads right into the project as well. Yeah, we didn't see it coming, but it definitely <laughs> led right in. Like yeah. The necklace around his neck. Yeah. It's the same one. The necklace yeah. around his neck. It started with Jason of Beverly Hills. The whole, the whole idea of bringing a key to life more than just the Instagram page. And then as we started to really build it out and as we started to understand that the key represents something bigger than just a logo or just an emoji. It's something that people can come together and build something on. And so whether it was jewelry leading up to what we did together for the augmented reality or whether it was just an idea in our mind that we wanted to bring into fruition, I think the project, regardless of the scale we did it at, started the steps towards where we are now. And that's what's been so interesting to watch the technological development, the inspiration we brought to the community, the filter we brought to the Instagram page. At the time, I think we were one of three projects with Spark AR that you selected us to come on board as a pilot project for something you were doing. What was what was that all about? I remember the opportunity came across our table and there was a it was a lot bigger than what it seemed to be. 
Yeah, yeah. So at the, this is super interesting because at the time um, I was doing an interview with Facebook, um, now called Meta, about accelerating the augmented reality ecosystem. And they actually thought the project that we worked on together, really tying a project into the origin story of a brand, tying it into the demographics of a brand, tying it into the interests of a brand in a community. They found it super interesting. And so the Keys Houses project was actually featured on a Facebook interview between myself and the head of uh, Facebook Reality Labs Partnerships, and it was the the house's key. And so this gave um, you know me and Nima a lot of insight into you know what he had built with his community and why it was so important. It was important enough to be featured in a Facebook interview, and that got us really talking more. Um, you know, after that interview, this is when uh, you know we started having a bit more meetings, and uh, you started really telling me about the culmination of your life's work was gearing up towards this one big project. And I didn't know what you were talking about at the time. Like, just believe me. That's, yeah, all, that's yeah, all I the, need at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> you're just telling me, just believe me. I'm bringing my community. I'm bringing my network. I'm bringing all, everybody I've met in land development, from brokers and land developers to realtors to the community to this one project. And I was like, well, tell me more. Tell me more. He's like, I, I can't tell you much. I can't tell you much right now. And then I started getting a little bit of insight when, you know, in August, you really started talking about the crypto space and the blockchain space. And I was like, hmm, is the culmination of what he's doing going to be in this space? So maybe to talk a little bit more about where our, our relationship was at. Yeah, I think we were probably in the middle of discussing how we can elevate our collaboration and take things to the next level. And then I was blessed enough to connect with the team here at the office who was at the time working on their own cryptocurrency project and they had a hedge fund. I came into the office speaking a little about NFTs and how I wanted to get into NFTs with a House of Stars campaign. I remember that was the, that was the beginning of it all. And then we started discussing how there's a bigger play here and there's something that we could actually tackle inside of a real estate realm and that I had an existing network of really, really powerful people, including yourself, that could really help us, you know, move a lot faster than a startup would. And that's why I had the feeling that although it's a startup, Keys Token is only about eight, nine weeks old at the moment. But it just feels like this has been something that it's taken years of work. The network is ready. The community's built. We have the technological advancements and the augmented reality aspect. Every pillar of this project was coming together. And I'm not going to sit here and lie that I, I planned it all to perfection. I mean, it fell into places by design of us relentlessly sitting here and working on it. But I think it's much bigger than that. And I think as we're continuing to take the steps forward, like at the beginning of this project, we were talking about doing our own universe and bringing virtual real estate and all that. But little did we know that we're about to launch our own metaverse project and really, really establish a organization that competes right at the top level and collaborates with some of the biggest names in the world. So I think as everything has really started to move forward, we're starting to see the relevancy and the connection between our existing networks, all of the work and time that we've put into establishing our skills, resources, it's all coming together very nicely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, f uh, like, like we said, from the summer, fast forward a bit, Nima reached out to me. Um, 
I was uh, I was in California at the time at, uh, uh, at Augmented World Expo, which is uh, the the largest AR VR event in the world, and Nima presented me with this opportunity to invest in the Keys token, and then the light bulb went off in my head. This is what he's been talking about. <laughs> this is what he's been saying about the culmination of his life's work and bring his network together and bring the community from Instagram together and this secret project he's been working on, the Keys Token. And, you know, Nima reached out and said, hey, Nav, I have this opportunity for you. Um, we, we have a, a series of private sale investors um, that, you know, so, some very notable people that are going to, to help build this thing and would you I mean you're one of them yeah, yeah. You, I, I told you you're one of them yeah, at the yeah. Time. <laughs> you, you did say that and and so I jumped at the chance I, I invested myself personally uh, when, when I saw the vision and um, I was very happy very happy to get in like I said I, I've been in real estate my whole life and for me to really see what the future of real estate looks like, what how the physical and the digital world could be merged, you know, what, what some of the benefits were gonna be for the community with the key card and um, with the key card and the Meta Mansions NFT. And then we really started talking about the metaverse. And this is where things get super interesting. So we didn't go uh, too far into what Genius Ventures does at the beginning, but I think this is where it's gonna be super, super important for the community to understand who we are at Genius Ventures and what we do and how this ties into the Metaverse project. So at Genius Ventures, I, I had mentioned, we, we've worked with dozens of the world's largest companies on AR, VR business solutions. So some of the clients that we worked with is companies like Meta. We're a partner of Meta, one of 12 agencies in North America that are partnered with Meta for AR. We've done work with Acura, Honda, the NFL. Um, in partnership with Microsoft, we threw the second largest VR event of 2020. Um, we've, worked, we've done work with Verizon. We've done work with Yahoo, Verizon Media, Gensler, which is the largest architecture firm in the world, and Adidas. Um, with these companies, what we do is we leverage forward-thinking technology. We leverage technologies like real-time 3D. We leverage technologies like 5G and edge compute to bring AAA quality, AAA game quality graphics, Hollywood quality graphics to the devices that the customers are on. And like I said, we're solving business solutions. You know, it's there's a lot of augmented and virtual reality experiences out there these days. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to reach mass adoption of an industry. So we're trying to create experiences that provide utility and that provide value to the end user. And you know, some of this stuff is it's like trying to try to explain TV over the radio. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to paint a picture for you what this looks like. What does a project look like that has value? So, for example, um, a project that we did for Walmart last year. As you know, beginning of 2020, the pandemic had just hit. Stores are closed down, um, a lot of, uh, and we're going into summer. A lot of the furniture stores, a lot of stores like Walmart who are trying to sell their summer furniture collections, their indoor and outdoor furniture collections, now don't have the foot traffic that they need to be able to sell these collections. And so one of the solutions we came up with Walmart is why not bring the in-store experience to where users and customers are today on their mobile device. So we were able to create an ad that users were able to click on. Simply click on an ad and that opened up an augmented reality experience on their mobile device. 
And what this was, was they were able to bring in entire collections of furniture into their living room, into their home. So imagine, you pick, you click on an ad, you open up a scene on your phone, or you open up the camera on your phone, you're seeing your living room, and inside your living room, you're able to place a sofa, a rug, and a cabinet that you want to put in your living room. You're able to move it around in exactly the area that you want to see it in your living room. You can snap a picture, show it to your family and friends, and say, how would this furniture look like in my living room? How would this furniture collection look like in my backyard? And not only that, right from the experience itself. Keep in mind, like we said, not an app, simply inside your web browser. From that experience yourself, you're able to click and go to the Walmart website, buy that furniture, and a week later, it's in your home, in the exact same place that you had visualized it in your home. And that was a big, big hit. Yeah, and I think also one thing we're not touching on is the quality and the fidelity of those renderings and AR integrations. It's not just like a voxel sofa on your inside of your living room. It's, it's a full-on hi-fi version of that sofa that looks almost as good as it does, in, if not better than in real life. Exactly. And, and this is what we talk about. One of the biggest value propositions we have at Genius, we deal with a lot of high-touch goods. You know, we work in the automotive space, we work a lot in the real estate space, and we work in the luxury goods space. And what's important when you're dealing with high-touch goods is the fidelity and the true-to-life quality of these assets, of these pieces of furniture, of these vehicles. You know, when you're looking at a piece of furniture in in augmented reality and you're bringing it into your space, you want to be able to see the individual textures on a couch that you're buying. You want to be able to see exactly what that couch is going to look like in your home. You want to be able to see the shadows that come down off of it and see how those shadows hit the floor. And this is what really allows you to visualize when something's in your space. Not only seeing it in a quality that's, you know, subpar, but in a quality that is the couch in your space. And this is what's going to increase purchase intent. This is what's going to allow users and customers to feel like that couch is actually in their space. And so we really focus on the quality. We really focus on everything that makes that feel real to the user. Yeah, I guess even one question that might be kind of adjacent to that or on top of that is why hasn't this technology been around um, in the past? And like, why are we only seeing the introduction of these kinds of experiences on your phone now? Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's a two-part answer. Um, one is the, the technology that we're leveraging to bring some of these experiences to life. You know, we, we're dealing with 5G technology. We're dealing with edge computing technology, which allows us to bring graphics that are not possible to be rendered on your device to be simply streamed down to your device. And then two as well is we have access to some of the highest quality artists in the world that work for Genius Ventures that are able to take the vision of a 3D asset and make it real. And because they've come from Pixar and DreamWorks and Disney, they know exactly how to make that true to life quality. You know, it's, um, it's a combination of the future technology, but also having the team that can bring this to life. Yeah, and three, you got to be a genius to know exactly. where all this is headed. You got to, <laughs> you guys were ahead of your time. I mean, I remember even way back in the day, a couple of years ago when we used to sit down, some of the things you would show me, I couldn't believe that it's real. I remember we stepped outside your porch at your house in North Vancouver and you're like, check this out. I could bring this car here. Yep. 
And I was like, what is going on? I've never even seen anything like this ever. And you were casually showing it as if, so in a way, you were also ahead of your time. And I feel like now, um, with everything that's happened in the past two, three years, businesses have really started to adapt and, you know, attract all of these different genius ideas. Exactly, exactly. And, and like you said, the automotive space, big space. We, we did some projects for Acura and, and Honda last year. Same thing, where because of the pandemic, the foot traffic and dealerships were slow. And if you're purchasing a car or you want to see a car in your space in augmented reality before you go to the dealership or you make a buying decision, you need to see that car in its exact quality. You need to be able to learn more information about that car. So we did this in the exact same way. Simply by accessing an ad and going on their web browser, we are able to allow users to bring that car into their space. We bring it into their space in Hollywood quality, mm -hmm. as if it was there. And you, you said this before, it's, you know, if, if you saw this as a screen recording, you might not know, you, you probably wouldn't know that that car wasn't actually there, it was augmented reality. But that's the quality you need to create at, especially for these high touch goods, real estate, automotive, luxury brands. And so, you know, same thing with Acura and Honda. We're able to bring a car into your space. You're able to tap on that car. You're able to learn more about the rims. You're able to learn more about the paint. You're able to learn more about the interior. And right from there, you click right to the website. Frictionless, low barrier to entry. You can learn more about that car. You can place an appointment at the dealership to go see it. And that was super interesting. You know, the, these activations led to millions of dollars of sales. And this is what really got us going. It was the, the pandemic accelerated digital adoption. The pandemic allowed people to be in their home to start visualizing what, you know, furniture and automotive. And then as I'm going to lead into real estate looked like, you know, in, in the past few years, we've worked on a few projects uh, with some of the top architecture and land development firms in the world where we built out walkthroughs of cities that are being built in five years. We've built out units of apartment buildings and homes that are going to be built two, three years from now. And because of the fidelity that we created these environments in, because of the, the ability to, that we gave users the ability to walk into their future home and customize colors of the cabinets and countertops and the floor and be able to customize what furniture they were able to put inside their future home, we were able to sell tens of millions of dollars of real estate for some of the largest land development companies in the world today. Real estate that they're developing three, four years from now and we're able to get stakeholders and investors bought in today. And, you know, since the pandemic, you know, we, we've seen a lot of growth in these areas, high touch goods, real estate. And this all leads to why is this the perfect time for the Keys Metaverse and Genius Ventures to partner? Um, especially in 2021, some of the major companies we partner with, the mandates are to roll out 5G nationwide in the United States and in Canada especially. They have, um, and what 5G does is it provides lower latency and higher bandwidth for download speeds, which allows us to be able to bring the best quality content, the best quality visuals for desktop VR for augmented reality, to virtual reality, to whatever device you're on. 
And what we're doing is we're leveraging some of the, the work that we've done in the space with 5G and edge compute. And what we're building for keys is a proprietary metaverse engine that's going to be able to bring AAA game quality, Hollywood quality graphics to whatever device you're on, whether that be your mobile phone, whether that be desktop, whether that be your tablet, but also we're not just bringing technolo tomorrow's technology to today's devices, we're also building for tomorrow's devices. We're gonna make sure that all of this can be streamed to the, the AR glasses of the future. You know, the big four companies, they're developing AR glasses, and we wanna be there when these glasses come out. And who knows, it might be the big five if, if we get to where we're going. Exactly. <laughs> I want to go, I want to go back to on one thing as well. Um, from a user experience standpoint, I think the pandemic definitely helped accelerate a lot of things, but it was also technological advances, right? There's just been a huge seismic shift in how people that are buying and selling goods and services are interacting. So from a user experience, one of my core beliefs as everybody starts to spend more and more time on the internet is that AR is not going to just be somewhere that you go to escape reality. AR is also somewhere that you go to actually, you know, evolve your reality. And that's what augmenting reality is all about. From that angle of user experience, in your opinion, I guess relevant to our project, for example, Meta Mansions or even some of the digital characters we're going to be bringing into this world. What is it from a user experience standpoint that makes one metaverse better than the other? Is it from a content standpoint? Is it from a gamification standpoint? Is it from a, I'll, I'll let you take the, take the lead, but my question is, if I didn't know what AR is, and I wanted to decide where to spend my time when I enter this world, what would be the determining factors that really establish my decision-making process? Exactly. And, and you hit the nail on the head is what is the differentiation, right? And because we're a real estate focused metaverse where, you know, the community is focused on luxury goods, the community is focused on, um, you know, a, a lifestyle that they, they want to aspire to. What's going to differentiate our metaverse from the other metaverses out there is the quality, is the visual fidelity of being inside a home uh, without without giving away too much, but being inside a home that you've purchased in the metaverse, and this could be a home that could not that may not be able to exist in our current physical reality, but being inside a home that you've created that you've visualized with no limitations on physical boundaries, but being able to have the ultimate graphics in there, being able to look at the fibers on the couch that you, you bring in there, being able to see exactly the textures on every, uh, on every piece of wood, on every grain of wood, on every piece of furniture in the house, being able to see every detail on the paint and where the shadows are hitting and how, how, you, uh, how you're actually going to feel like you're in this house, not mm -hmm. just you're in this cartoon world or you're in this, you know, voxel-based world where everything feels a bit gamified, but we want you to feel like you're actually there 
on whatever device you're on, whether that be augmented reality or virtual reality or mobile phone or desktop. Very cool. And I think that kind of feeds right into what we were talking about in the last podcast, which is the evolution of what kind of content people prefer to consume. And we talked about how it began as text files and then moved into email, the different levels of web, right? Web 1, Web 2, and now we're entering Web 3. And one of the big things about the Web 3 space and the adoption of it is that I think people are going to be looking for a lot more immersive experiences so that they can actually feel the ownership and experience the ownership of the assets that they own, whether it's a painting or an, a 2D NFT or an actual 3D rendered house that you can walk through. What we're positioning this metaverse for um, is, is the adoption of that next level of content. Right now it's video, like that's the epitome of content and AR is starting to be introduced and you see some of the major Fortune 5 companies um, really pushing this, pushing the needle on AR and it's, it's their core focus. And I'm sure Nav can really add some insight into the amount of resources and time that they're putting into developing these AR integrations on their platforms because he's directly involved with Meta and Snapchat and directly involved with Instagram. And I think that what's gonna be very interesting is not so much the integration of this content on limited hardware like goggles, but more so looking at how we can take this content and make sure that everybody has access to it on the devices that they have at their disposal. We're, we have billions of people in the world and the majority of them have one device at their disposal and it's, it's a phone. There's people that own phones that don't own houses, that don't, that don't own shoes because that is so vital to our existence right now, and that's the definition of the metaverse we live in today. And I think the key for us, and what's really, really cool about the way that Nav and Genius and everybody else working on our metaverse is doing with this approach, is making sure that we're working with the existing version of the metaverse we have, and not trying to reinvent it. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel, it's more so we're trying to produce a game engine that's revolutionary at heart, but really is just leveraging the existing metaverse that we're living in right now with smartwatches and smartphones and desktop computers. And now looking a little bit more into the future, positioning that technology in a way that, you know, goggles actually are more immersive and promoting the use of those, but also not limiting people in the use of that kind of tech. Very, very cool. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, a, a lot of the projects that exist today, they've been built with a developer mindset. What's easier for a developer to create a metaverse? How can we bring a metaverse to, to people on their desktop computers? But a majority of the world is on their mobile device. And so we want to be able to bring the metaverse to where you are. We want this to be a people-focused metaverse. You should be able to interact with this metaverse. The, the billions of people today that can access a mobile device and an internet connection should be able to access the Keys metaverse. And this is where our, uh, another big differentiator is for us. Outside of the visual fidelity and the graphics that we're gonna be able to bring to any device is just being on every device being on mobile phones, being on tablets, being on billions of devices, that removes friction, that removes barriers to entry. And what we're focused on as well is ways to enter this metaverse from whatever platforms you're already on. Imagine swiping up from Instagram and being able to enter the Keys metaverse. How much simpler is that than 
going onto a computer, going onto a website, downloading an alpha of a different metaverse, downloading that alpha, learning how to play it, and then being able to interact. Or you're swiping through Instagram, swipe up into the metaverse. And that's what we're aiming for. And that's honestly the future of the metaverse and, and the technology that's being developed around it with AR, VR. Um, man, I just brain farted. I had a really good idea that I wanted to bring up. But uh, maybe, Nina, you can fill in the gap here. While As I you think about it, my mind is running off on... And this is why I feel like although we're a startup, we're, we're going to make some serious noise in the upcoming months because... You take all of our assets and you really consider our position, right? We have the content aspect and the initial point of interaction with our audience, which is what are these guys even up to? Let me find out. We're going to be able to, we're going to, be able to create a lot of content that we show people. This is where we're headed. And then there's the distribution aspect. Our ability to put this project in front of literally millions of people on a daily basis before we've even started our paid marketing and advertising it's really exciting. I mean, I've personally been in this, been in, been on Instagram every single day for about ten years, and having the ability to interact through content that's been two D, being able to generate, you know, tens of millions of dollars in real sales. You take this whole idea and you take our existing network that we have, and I, I haven't even started discussing with any of the influencers and any of the you know, high-level luxury brands and real estate brands that exist on all social media platforms. But when the time comes and when we are positioned to start partnering with them to drive traffic to our metaverse, I mean, I've heard numerous times that the metaverse, everybody's at an equal playing field. It doesn't matter if you're spending billions of dollars to get a head start. There could be somebody as a startup that has one idea that's revolutionary and all of a sudden captures the attention and interest of billions of people and I feel like the structure that we currently have with all the pillars in place from the content and really the the development phase of what is this metaverse going to look like what's our land land development the plots the characters the story and the lore of this new universe we're building you parlay that with our distribution networks our ability to put this in front of millions of people literally within hours this could get really exciting really quickly. It definitely could. And I think it really comes into the distribution side of things. And one thing that we've definitely underplayed on this podcast is the uniqueness and also the power behind the game engine that we're talking about with, with NAV. And there's a reason why you don't see this level of 3D VR, ARX, our content distribution today. And it's because it's extremely difficult. And one thing that Nav always says when he comes into the office and we chat about this is, remember the fact that the only reason why this is possible today is because, unfortunately, COVID happened and it really pushed people and tech companies to develop new solutions um, in a way that now we can bring them all together and realize this, this type of distribution. It really comes down to like these, these high fidelity models. You have to account for the shaking in your hand. You have to account for the way the light is bouncing off the, the sofa from the window and all of these different things to make it actually feel real. Because as Nav always says, you know, you're, the human eye can pick up on all these different intricacies. And as soon as it realizes something's wrong or something's off, your whole immersive AR experience is thrown out the window. 
And the, from, from what I'm aware, there's very, very few companies and agencies around the world that have been able to really come up with a synergy and parlay all these technologies together to make an engine work like this. And I don't know, maybe Nav, you can talk a little bit more about it, but this, the power behind it is unreal. <laughs> Exactly. And, and for us, you know, one of the things that we really looked into developing is, you know, what spatial UI looks like. And, and this is going to be super important for the next dimension of augmented and virtual reality. You know, in 2007, the iPhone was released and it was a big moment, not only for the mobile phone market and the world as a whole, but it was a big moment because it gave us a new way a new natural way to interact with our devices. In 2007, it might not have seemed so, but that's what paved the path to swipe on your phone and having your phone as just a, as a piece of software that can have interchangeable buttons and by swiping and tapping. You are now able to pick up any phone in the market today that's a touchscreen phone and you intuitively know what to do. It doesn't matter if it's an iPhone X, or an iPhone 12, an iPhone 13. It doesn't matter if it's a Google Pixel or a Samsung S20. You know what to do when you have that phone in your hand. And that's what the iPhone really set the tone for, was the, the interface for 2D. But what we're getting into now is the interface for 3D. What does the UI look like in a 3D world? As of right now, we're all 2D, all 3D beings living in a 2D world. We spend most of our day in front of our phones. We spend most of our day in front of the computer screens. We're 3D, that's 2D. But where is the future going? The future is going into 3D. We're going to be able to put on a pair of glasses and we're going to be able to step inside a completely immersive world. And this is where it's super important that this world is natural. It's super important that the shadows and the lighting and the textures, things that are imperceptible to the human eye, but our brain knows that are there. This is, it's, it's so important that we create the world, the metaverse that we're gonna be doing in the AR side of things and the VR side of things. It's very important that we think through every last piece of how people are gonna interact with this world, how they're gonna attend events in this world, how they're gonna socialize in this world. And what we're doing as we're coming up with the, the final game plan for the metaverse, you know, we've made it a, a very good chunk of the way, talking about the economy, talking about the parcel map and the avatars. But what we're really getting down to now is what is the, the, the spatial interface going to look like? And, you know, we've all had a, a very good chunk of discussions in this office with our developers, with our team. And this is one of the, the biggest factors that's going to differentiate what we're doing from what other people are, are doing is being able to feel natural, being able to understand what's going on as soon as you step into our metaverse in the future, especially when you're stepping into the metaverse in AR or VR. 100%. And I'm, I'm hoping that those who are listening to this are starting to understand the level of ideation and planning that has to go into developing essentially a new universe. There's so many different parts, moving parts at play, whether it's exactly what Nav talked about or the economy, um, that we need to think out six to 10 years in advance so that it's not a problem that we're solving in the moment, but understanding that we've already, we already have the solution and it's a matter of execution. And that's one thing that Nav and the team that we've helped him build 
are very, very good at is future planning, future proofing, and making sure that the users, the eventual users of that platform when it's finished are actually able to interact with and, and gain value from the platform we're building before that eventual completion date, which really I don't ever think our metaverse will be completed. It's going to be a community-driven project, and we're going to take feedback and work with the community to deal with their data in a way that we can build this in, in a, to, to, to benefit all stakeholders involved, really. I'm really embodying Nima's Nima's ideology. <laughs> Consider all <laughs> stakeholders. Got to put the people at the forefront. Exactly. And Always. You know what? It's not even just Nima that's that's embodying that. I think we were just talking before we started the podcast, and and one of the things that Nav was focusing on most was the fact that himself and the team that he works with on a day-to-day basis are all about putting people first. It's the people-centric experience. Like, how how do we make sure that the users have the best possible experience, the most low friction um, and engaging experience without making it feel like they're being upsold or making it feel like they're a part of something that they don't belong. It's all about the people first, especially in the tech space. And that's one thing that I've really appreciated getting to know now over the past couple weeks and months is is that specifically. Um, with that all in mind, I think that one question that a lot of people have had, and there's a reason why we've had to wait until the very end of the podcast for this, <laughs> is where does Keys fit into all of this? How exactly does the token that we're all invested in so heavily and believe in so much fit into the metaverse and, and the rest of our, of, our, of our ecosystem? And I think we've done a good job so far at kind of prefacing it but we could not, for many of the reasons that I just discussed, because it takes so much planning, could not really get into the dirty details about how exactly this token is going to be involved in the rest of our ecosystem. And now as we start beginning to release more information and ideas about what it is that we're working on, we can really start dropping the value prop for Key's token. And over the next few weeks, specifically this week, today, tomorrow, and the day after that, you'll get a lot of really key information. Key information. Key information. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna start to it's gonna start to make a lot more sense. Um, did you have any things to talk about on that, boys? I think it's pretty straightforward. As people start to learn about loyal key and how keys is integrated into our metaverse, um, as we start rolling out the information about the business fundamentals, about the action-packed uh, timeline that we have this year, I think it's all going to make sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and we've been doing some some very deep thinking, you know. And, and for the community here is that this is a, a very uh, involved process. You know, we've been thinking uh, and creating the infrastructure for this metaverse for weeks, everything down to the planning for Key's proprietary metaverse engine. But like we said, what's this next generation parcel map going to look like? What are our avatars going to look like? How does the economy fit in? You know, how do people progress through this metaverse? What incentivizes them to be spending time in this metaverse? What incentivizes them to be sharing content from this metaverse? Just a little sneak peek, even some of the things that we're talking about, auto-generating content for people to be able to share their experience in this metaverse and share on their social. 
these are all things that we're thinking very deeply about is how does keys fundamentally set itself apart? How does it create an economy? How does it create an infrastructure? And how does it produce a metaverse at the highest fidelity Hollywood quality, which is going to make this the place to be? It's going to make it the place to hang out and it's going to make it the community for keys. It's going to make it a, a place where keys token holders and the keys community can ultimately want to spend their time exactly. and ultimately gain value from spending their time. Exactly. And we want to make sure that the keys token holders as well are benefiting the most and also most incentivized to be involved in this space. And just to give a broad brushstrokes, very high level overview of some of the places that we've been brainstorming and really planning out the way to integrate keys into the metaverse specifically, not to mention our physical platforms. I think you'll get a lot more information on those kinds of things over the next few days and weeks. But thinking about caking keys in as a token directly into the progression system, the business functions, the rental aspect of the metaverse, access to different events based on the amount of keys you hold and the amount of time you've held keys. All of these different things <clears throat> are being considered and what we need to do is make sure they're designed perfectly and have all ideas and stakeholders considered before we really, really publicize the exact use case of keys within the metaverse because there's so many moving pieces. All of these factors are not going to be individualized and isolated to use case in the metaverse. I think what a lot of people tend to forget with keys is that there's a digital side and a physical side and they look at it as two separate things. But in reality, the keys asset exchange where you'll be able to transact real estate, physical real estate and other luxury assets using cryptocurrencies is one and the same thing as the metaverse. Please pay attention to that. It's one and the same. Off the bat, it may not be. But the whole point of this partnership with Nav and Genius and the entire team behind it is that we want to make the, uh, bridge the gap between digital and physical, whether it be through AR or creating a, a, a revolutionary digital exchange. We want to make sure that that gap between physical and digital is bridged. And Keys Token is being designed and is designed as the backbone to the entire ecosystem. When you hold keys, when you buy keys, you are gaining access, getting discounts, all these different things within our ecosystem, as well as facilitating the development of business and other sorts of revenue generating ideas by holding keys inside of our ecosystem. Those three points that I just made, put those in your mind, cake them in, put them in a folder so that you can open it every single time we bring up use case of keys because it will come up time and time again over the next few months. That is where the real value lies, and we're very excited to start releasing information about that as more information comes about our, about our metaverse and the exchange that we're working on. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I think that uh, another really important aspect of this is how we measure the success of a project like this. I think since we're so early and we're really one of a limited amount of projects in the entire world that are looking at the metaverse from a creator standpoint rather than a user standpoint. And keep in mind, users and creators also have synergy, but we're literally creating a place where people can go spend time and gain value from. And in order to be able to measure success, 
one of our core fundamentals is to bring this to the public designed in a way that people get to benefit by spending time and energy and effort into helping us make this better. One example that I always refer back to is simply looking at all of the challenges that some of the world's top organizations have and why they face a lot of problems and a lot of backlash at the true reality that the users are the ones that are creating sources of revenue for them. And I think that is a monstrous opportunity for us to measure the success of a project at this scale, to be able to create a universe that not only benefits the organization and our, and our stakeholders from an investor standpoint or executive partners and all the different people that are aligned with our vision and where we're built, where we're headed and what we're building, but also from a user standpoint, the people who are actually spending the time to be a part of this entire ecosystem, we're going to make sure that they actually are benefiting just as much as we are. And from a project standpoint, Keys token holders are going to be really the creators and the first ones as you know, Meta Mansions is exclusive to Keys token holders. And as we continue to move forward with that, with that principle and fundamental of adding value between the two to Keys token holders and our metaverse, which by the way, we have finalized the name and we plan to release it. But for the sake of, for the sake of where we are right now and what is coming this week, we've decided not to mention it on this podcast, but we already have an identity to what this metaverse is going to be. And even the identity, even the name, really personifies what our project is all about. We've got a lot of attention to names and numbers. Yeah, I think, I think it's all going to come together in a way that people realize our metaverse, metaverse is not just built as a business to, to generate revenue and maximize our self-interest. It's also considering all the stakeholders and how we can add value to everybody involved. It's all about that. So yeah, I, I wanted to mention that as well because I think that's going to be a core measure of success that is just as important as all the different data points that are going to be a part of this project. 100%. And we talked about it on the last podcast briefly with Meta Mansions being the focus, but when, when Nima's mentioning community first and it's, it's not about us deriving all the value and profit for ourselves, it's actually all about building it for the community. Um, yesterday we announced that we're using 18% of all revenues generated from our royalties and transaction fees to buy back and burn Key's token. And what that is supposed to show and does show is that this is more about the growth of our token than the growth of our community than anything else. And the metaverse is all about that. And tomorrow, when we launch more information about Loyal Key program, you'll start to see that it extends past just the token and into data collection, data dividends, giving people the power of choice, making sure that the users of our product have a say in how we move forward with developments and improvements, um, as well as being able to earn money off of the time and, and things that you activities. put, activities, activities. You, you take part in in our, in our universe and ecosystem. So, Everything is all community centric. It's all people, per, people first, mm -hmm. and and Nav's really been a part of that. Like we've we've had all these discussions of how we can make sure to put that at the forefront, and 
I got to be real with you. You're you're a very humble man, but you're very powerful in this space. And for us to have you as the lead of our metaverse project is is really something that pushes us to learn from you just so we can contribute to where you are and where your mind is at because our relationship together is is very, you know, mutually beneficial. And for us to bring this project to the level that we're we're taking it to it, there's so many different facets that come together and and we're really learning from you so definitely want to take the time to thank you as well for even allowing us to be a part of the learning process because yes we're we're new to this space in many ways when it comes to what a metaverse is but having you on the team has really allowed us to feel like we are exactly where we need to be and working on a project that we feel like we can lead the global evolution of what the metaverse is all about mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and we're super excited as well. You know, we we have a lot of experience with uh, the world's biggest brands. We have a lot of experience working with tomorrow's technology, five G and edge compute and real time three D. And for us to be able to take all of those learnings from you know the major brands we've worked with, with some of the future technology that we've seen, and to bring it to a project such as the Keys Metaverse, with such a grand vision of what we've what we've talked about and and integrate it all together and and bring that to life for us it's, it's super exciting you know it, and uh we're very proud to be working on this project as well thank you i one can't wait i can't wait till one day people are are mentioning keys token as the brand they work with as well tell you me know, that's that's what we're building right now really exactly tell me why i was not expecting that to come out of your mouth and i was expecting <laughs> more i can't wait until one day when i walk to the metaverse i can be a sagittarius half man half horse. that'll come too. that's that'll exactly what too. i thought was going to come out of your mouth <laughs> <laughs> but honestly more on that topic the probably the last topic of this podcast because it, it seems to be running a bit long there are plans for more than just the Meta Mansions NFT collection and key card. And it's been a huge, huge point of our work over the last few weeks, um, planning this all out. If you look at all the other Metaverse projects in the space, and it, it kind of comes hand in hand with the Metaverse project, and I'm surprised the community hasn't really brought it up more. It requires a lot of assets to be developed to be used inside the metaverse. Right now we have mansions and we have a key card and that's it. So there will be other NFT collections that feed into the metaverse and are be able, will be able to be realized in 3D space over the next few months. And what you've seen with how we've approached the whitelist for meta mansions, providing whitelist access to key card holders as first tier holders and what you'll see tomorrow when we announce the loyal key program. Keys is directly tied into all of these collections and all of these collections are directly tied into the metaverse and the asset exchange. And I don't know, I just wanted to bring that up as one last piece here because it, it really feeds into 2022 and what that looks like for our community. Nima, this is like, you've been super passionate about this over the last few days, so maybe you wanna do some closing remarks. I think you said it perfectly, and I think our actions in the next few days will speak the loudest. Exactly. I'll just repeat what you said if I was to say it, so <laughs> let's leave it at that. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, it was really great to have you on here, Nav. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast as well as our project and supporting us with the love and passion that you do. It means a lot to us. Um, we're 
as you said, running a bit late, so with, uh, we'll probably end up closing the podcast here. We really appreciate everybody listening through for those who made it through the whole hour and a bit. Um, yeah, and we'll do you have any final, final thoughts or anything on your mind? No, um, just other than the fact that um, you know, this, this metaverse is going to be beyond your wildest dreams. Where it, it's it's going to be a game changer. When we announce the name, you'll see it everywhere. You won't be able to go into a coffee shop without hearing the name. Everybody <laughs> will be in it. Anyway, thank you guys so much. We'll see you in the next one.